Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all acquaintance be forgot and days of all and sign? Hey everyone, it is, did I say everyone? Hey everyone, this is Stephanie and welcome to a new episode of Hey Steph. And as you can tell, this is 2022 and I am saying Happy New Year to you. I hope that you all had a wonderful new year. I hope you stayed in. I hope that you chillaxed. I hope that you're safe. I hope that if you have been under the weather perhaps due to a variant that shall not be named or any other bunkus in the conkus. I hope that you are doing better or you soon will be. Just keep your spirits high. Take your vitamins. I'm starting to sound preachy. So yeah. So this episode, it's the new year. So let's just freestyle. I'm gonna, actually, I'm gonna rant. <sighs> And this is prompted by, like, if you know me, like, I love Starbucks. Like, one of the my most favorite things to do is go to Starbucks. Starbucks has always been my happy place when, prior to the pandemic, you could just hang out at different Starbucks. I would just love to go there with my laptop and just write. It just seemed as if my creativity, like, all of my downloads, I call ideas or I refer to ideas as downloads. So it felt like I got so many different downloads when I would be in Starbucks, like my creative juices, just words just flowed from my mind to the screen and everything was just rocking. Or I would bring a book or some magazines, but it really was a time for me to be able to mentally disconnect from the merry-go-round that was my life or whatever was going on around me and to take a moment to be creative and to tap into the creative side that I really don't get a chance to spend a lot of time with because, you know, adulting, you know, responsibility and just always having something else that seems more important. And we are in a society that does not value taking time to just sit down Be still and create something. Everybody is capable of creating something. Some people do tactile creations such as sewing, knitting, drawing, painting, writing, making music, creating music, playing music, just whatever. And it just seems to be frowned upon because it's like, okay, what are you doing? Why are you just sitting there? Why aren't you doing laundry? Why aren't you food shopping? Why aren't you on the phone? Why aren't you taking time to nurture a gift? Because that's really what creativity is. So that was my opportunity to do that when I went to Starbucks particularly. And this rent has is being brought to you by a recent experience and it's not the Starbucks company. Let me just go ahead and say that because these are my people. I love them. I have so much respect for the workers. Starbucks is my place because I feel like maybe unlike any other establishment that I go to, 
I feel like the partners there make it a point to get to know their customers. And you're not just another person. Whereas if you go to different places, it just, you know, you're you're another person who, okay, what do you want? You know, it's like you're sometimes treated like you're an inconvenience versus a guest in their establishment. And I always feel, I feel like Norm from Cheers, like, Stephanie, oh my God, how are you? And it feels awesome. Like, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be seen, especially to be seen in a Starbucks? You just feel like you are in the VIP line at the hottest club ever when you go in there because they know you, they know me, and they're like, oh, Stephanie! It's amazing. And my friends, when they see me and when they go with me to Starbucks, they're like, really, dude, how many times do you go to Starbucks? Because why Why do? Why does everybody in here know you? So recently I went to a Starbucks and... This particular location has been on the struggle bus with staffing. And so they've had to adjust their hours accordingly. And in one particular instance, they weren't able to serve customers in store. They only were able to serve customers through the drive-thru. And I, I don't blame the employees at all because... It is a very tough job. It's it's tough to deal with the public, especially now. You have different people with different opinions about whether to wear face coverings. And we have collectively become a less tolerant and less patient society. And we sometimes treat other people, whether it's somebody behind a counter of any establishment, like they work for us. We act collectively hella entitled. And we don't always treat other people the way we would want to be treated or better the way they would want to be treated. Everybody feels as if they're a priority And the other person at the end of the exchange doesn't matter as much. So I take my hat off to anyone working in a customer-facing public setting because it is just getting crazy. And there's so many reasons that we can name. You know, are we becoming less tolerant of people because we have grown so reliant on electronics that... We are so accustomed to nurturing cyber relationships that we don't know how to handle actual human interactions, like how to be just a decent human being, like how to look someone in the eye when you're talking to them. If you are going to ask somebody how they're doing, you actually treat it like a real question. So you ask them and you wait for them to answer and 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 look, you know, I'm not calling anybody out because I know that there are times when I'm not as patient as I should be, when I feel like the grocery lines are way longer than they should be, or the customer ahead of me is just taking way too long, or they're way too close to me, or they're just giving up way too much space or whatever. It's just all kinds of prompts that just sometimes we're not as thoughtful as we should be. So anyway, I 
with this interaction, going back to what happened in that particular day. So they were like, they were only going to be able to service customers through the drive-thru and not in-store. So you don't really, I didn't know that until I actually tried to go into the store because the drive-thru line was like very long. And so I was like, oh, you know, probably save some time. I'll just go into the, the location. And it wasn't literally until I got up on the door that they had a handwritten sign on there that they weren't going to be able to service us in-store. And it got me to thinking. In 2020, you know, the world shut down, literally. Businesses had to close unceremoniously without any warning in the name of public safety. And the country was divided on so many different levels, not just in the name of politics, but again, what was the right answer and right way to approach or respond to the pandemic that we would later know and refer to as COVID-19. What was that? How, how do you mitigate it? And then at the same time, you know, hospitals are getting backed up and, you know, you have healthcare workers who are putting themselves at risk and they themselves are even getting sick. So what do we do? We're literally in a world crisis. So in 2020, businesses shut down and a lot of business owners, and I can say rightfully so, made a lot of noise about that, that, you know, this is just untenable. You know, the world cannot continue to be shut down. Like, we're going to have to go back to normal. We're going to have to get back to work. We're going to have to get back to business. Businesses are going to close. And if businesses close, you know, it's the kind of wrong direction of trickle down economics, right? So, it got me thinking, okay, a lot of people, a lot of business owners, a lot of capitalists made a lot of noise about, we need to open. Like, we got to get back to, to normal. And I agree with that. However, my answer to that and my response to that in 2022 is, okay, now we're all open. And we now have a new variant out here. So it doesn't seem like the original COVID-19 pandemic is over at all. Yet now what we're hearing is, well, due to staffing concerns and not just, like I said, at Starbucks, it's everywhere, every place. I was in a bank and they were talking about staffing. So that is the the word that you're, we're all hearing. Everybody is hiring now. But my rant is this. If these major corporations, I'm not talking about necessarily small businesses, but if these major corporations with a lot of money and a lot of shareholders, if they're insisting on operating through an active pandemic, okay, cool. But you're going to have to figure out how to handle staffing. I don't have the answer. But somebody's going to have to figure it out. Greater minds than me and maybe some of us listening, they're going to have to figure out how to operate on limited staffing or how to enhance staffing. Because you can't say that you want to be open and you want to operate business as usual, but you can't because you don't have employees there who can serve your customers business as usual. And you can't get pissed off at your customers because the customers are expecting because you were open, they are rightfully expecting to be served the way that they have been accustomed to. I think 
most reasonable people are understanding that, okay, we might have to wait a little bit longer online. We might have to deal with certain inconveniences or whatever. I think that most reasonable, the operative word here is reasonable people can get down with that. I just want to say that that cannot continue to be the response for poor service or not serving your customers properly because seriously then put every then, then we're going to go back to to shopping online then we're going to order k cups instead of going inside of cafes or going inside of restaurants and ordering coffee then we're going to figure it out on our own and that does not help capitalism that does not help workers because if there are no customers to serve then there that means that there's no jobs so we all have a vested interest in figuring this out but i i just have to say it one more time for the people in the back for these businesses that insist on remaining open and insist on operating business as usual you're gonna have to figure out your staffing and you know this is where i'm going to put a plug in for my beloved you know hr professional or hr profession there's a lot of talented hr folks out here and who people who have dedicated their lives and their careers getting certifications who have studied the field of hr who love it who are passionate about it who really understand and do the analytics and understand employee engagement understand DEI and that's another thing again I told you this is a ranting episode you know DEI efforts it's so crazy because you know now you hear a lot of companies talking about they want to really enhance their diversity and engagement and inclusion and they they want to really really make those efforts pronounce on a corporate level. And while I applaud that, I just have to be concerned that, well, well, one, who did you think your customers were? And rhetorically speaking, who did you think your customers were? And how did some companies miss that their employees are representative of those customers or those demographics that you're serving you're not just serving one kind of person you're not serving one type of person so to me it just makes sense if your employee base if your corporate structure reflects the communities that you're serving and reflects the world that we live in we we live in a multicultural world we're, we're none of us are just one thing. We're none of us are just one religion, one race, one ethnicity, one socioeconomic background. I mean, there are so many ways and characteristics that make us individuals and make us human. And can we embrace every culture, every identity at one time. Maybe you can't do it at one time, but you can certainly make it a mindset. You certainly can make it an environment just where where it's welcoming, just in general, that all people are genuinely welcome and feedback is heard. 
I I look at businesses because I do have an HR background. And I said because in 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 episode in in one of my previous episodes it was called um better be good to me. I talked about this. I talked about how this generation of employees are completely different than any other generation that probably has ever worked in the history of the world, especially here in the States. These current workers, and I'm not going to even just say the millennials and the zennials. I think anybody who's working, this pandemic yielded an opportunity to call for a potential reset. If anything, or if nothing else, a reset of how we think about work, how we think about our time, how we think about our family. And certainly if you have had something that happened to you within that time frame, whether it was a loss of a loved one, whether you lost your job, you lost your business, something pivotal happened to you during this time whether you want it to or not, it caused you to step back and say, you know what, where am I going and what do I do and where do I go from here? I think that what we're going to have to do now, if we're going to address staffing and if we're going to keep people actively working and keep the workforce where many of us would like it to be, You have to figure out what your employees need now. I think the easiest way or the easiest topic or the easiest solution is to say, well, people want more money. Well, some people do. Yeah, you have some people who are willing to put a price tag on their time and they're willing to put a price tag on their efforts And others aren't. Others need more fulfilling work. Others base their experience on who they work for or the corporate corporate culture. Some employees are very socially conscious, so they want to work for either environments or companies or organizations that have a active practice of looking after the communities that they serve and giving back. So you you so so you really can't just say that well, you know, people aren't working because of unemployment. People aren't working because they want more money. That I just feel like that argument is contradicted when you have people who are willing to do things like ride share services, you know, they're willing to work for food delivery companies. You know, these are not traditionally jobs that pay a lot of money, but what they do offer is an increased or an enhanced earning potential. They offer the convenience of getting paid right away versus maybe waiting to get paid in two weeks. They allow for a flexible work schedule. So again, employers have to now really take a look and take a step back and reassess perhaps their HR practices, 
their employee relations practices, maybe even benefit programs so that they can understand what the current workforce needs. I do understand that you're not going to be able to meet the needs of every single person. Like everybody's not going to be satisfied. Somebody's just not going to like whatever it is just because. But I think it takes, it warrants a second look. Because going to other locations, you have people who are working and it seems like, you know, they don't have the same staffing concerns. So why are certain businesses struggling with staffing and others aren't having such, they're not experiencing the same struggle? How can that be? And this is where I believe, I'm very confident that companies need to invest in a strong HR department to ensure that you have the right HR professionals helping and giving guidance and business partnering with management, namely upper management and the decision makers. If decision makers are going to be in the room, I highly say that you need someone, a qualified HR professional in those rooms who can not just go based upon what I think, what I feel, what the headlines are saying, what the economists are saying, but someone who is actually able to pull the research, pull the data, pull the historicals, and help you come up with a comprehensive plan that makes sense for today's workforce versus maybe what worked for the company 10 years ago or 20 years ago, because none of us are the same. Just you can't stay the same. The economy is not the same. The demographics of the workforce are not the same. We have multi-generations working in this current work environment in a way that that probably was not true before. So that's kind of my rant (laughs) is, you know, what are we going to do? And then another rant that I kind of want to go on to just, you know, again, the, the variant that will not be named. I am so disappointed to see the lines that people are having to stand in line and wait to get tested And it just seems like just based upon, you know, people that I know who have had to undergo recent tests and tested positive and whatever, their experiences just really sound like what? Because the way I see it is we are two years into this pandemic. Why do we not have better systems in place? It seems as if at the height of the pandemic in 2020, We seem to have more processes and more testing sites to be specific where people could get tested. You could get tested in in certain areas based upon the borough you lived in or different communities or suburbs or townships. They offered testing for their residents. It just didn't seem like it was a problem. And now just people are standing online trying to do the right thing and they're trying to get tested but they're going through a lot of rigmarole. I am optimistic to see the home test being sent out so that people can, you know, test themselves at home. That should definitely help so that people know their status. I just, again, my rant is we're two years into this pandemic 
And what have we learned? Have we learned anything? Why are tests not readily available? What is going on? Why did we take our foot off the gas? What collectively did we miss? Like seriously, because this is a public safety issue, regardless of politics, regardless of whether or not someone feels that this is a credible or the severity of the variant, what the symptoms are, what the outcome will be. Look, I'm not here to debate that. I am not a scientist. I am not a doctor. I would just say that everywhere you look, especially if you're watching network TV, they're telling you to get vaccinated. They're telling you to get tested. And so if people want to do those two things specifically, don't make it hard for them to do it. Don't make it hard for those who want to get vaccinated. Don't make it hard for them to do that or get a booster shot. And don't make it hard for people to know their status in terms of knowing whether or not they have this highly contagious, based upon medical science latest information, this highly contagious and highly transmittable variant. (sighs) Yeah, this isn't traditionally the way I'd like to start a new year, but... Just sometimes you just got to go on a rant. Just sometimes you just got to just say what's on your mind. Oh, and really quick, moving on from variants and staffing. I am still thinking about Insecure on HBO. I have always been a fan of Issa Rae. I did not really follow her career when she was on YouTube producing Awkward Black Girl. I did get a chance recently to see a couple of the episodes and she is hilarious. And I just love how she authentically plays the awkward black girl. Like I I totally get it. And she's masterful at it. And the final season, season five of Insecure wrapped a couple of weeks ago. I thought the final episode was great. I don't know if any of you all got a chance to see it. I try not to do spoilers on this podcast. Some people are just really, really pressed when you like spoil stuff for them. But, you know, kind of like my two cents is like, you know, if you haven't seen it by now. But anyway, I'm not going to give any spoilers. But I thought that they did a great job wrapping the show. It was emotional. I think that they did a better job, probably better than most series endings that I've seen in a long time. I think they did a very good job of wrapping up the storylines. And I feel really excited about each character I don't really think that anything was really sad in terms of how any character storyline ended. And I'm just so inspired by Issa Rae's career and just how she grew from if you if you take the time to go and look at her content, which fortunately is still up on YouTube. If you look at her from where she started, Awkward Black Girl, I think she also had a book of the same title. And that was a springboard for what would be her show, Insecure. I am just as a writer, as someone who hopes to be able to do a fraction of what she is currently doing. I think that she's amazing. I think that she's talented. I'm excited to hear about what she's working on. I think she's working on some type of music endeavor It's just awesome. 
And the sky is the limit. And I love stories like that. I love stories of people like Issa Rae, another showrunner, uh, writer, producer, just epic boss babe. Someone who I'm also inspired by is Michaela Cole. If you don't know who she is, Michaela, I first learned about Michaela from her show, which was originally originally on Netflix called Chewing Gum. And if you kind of see a theme here, I really like kind of eccentric characters and characters who follow non-traditional paths and have really... I also like humor and I like when humor is smartly interwoven into real life scenarios. You're not just doing stuff for the laugh track. You're doing things that really are just like, that's just hilarious. You just look at what just happened. You're like, really? Like, seriously, I can't believe she did that. Or, oh my God. So Michaela Cole had a show on chewing gum. She had a show on chewing gum. She had a show on Netflix called Chewing Gum. And then she went on to do a couple of other, uh, she did another series on Netflix called Black Rising, I believe. And then she did I May Destroy You, which was a series on HBO. I watch a lot of HBO, by the way. And I love her writing and especially I May Destroy You. It it was so personal and it was written about a deeply personal experience that she encountered. And I loved her candor. I, I hate that she went through what she went through. And it's sad that she had to write this because she went through something so devastating. I just admire how she was able to turn her pain into something positive. And it's almost as if she took her voice back, like someone violated her in the worst way in real life. I'm talking about Michaela Cole and I May Destroy You. Someone someone just really tried to destroy her, I guess. And she took back her voice and she shared and she went through a journey to her own healing and how to be okay when how could you be okay after something life-changing like that happens and just despicable happens so these are just women that I just think are so powerful and I'm glad that they have a voice that their voice is being heard and it inspires me I hope it inspires you if you're not familiar with their their work I certainly highly recommend that you look them up on Google or whatever and just you know maybe take a look at a couple of episodes I I don't think that you'll be sorry but I'm always looking for inspiration as a writer I'm always looking for inspiration just as a person to just feel a little less alone in this world when sometimes even when you're in a room full of people you can feel so alone and that is the beauty of good television that is the beauty of good writing that is the beauty of the arts in general. That is the beauty of music and of of paintings and of 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 drawings and just 
and just literature is just it helps us feel less alone and it gives us a way to express the world around us so that long after we are gone our our children and their children can know what we went through and can have a piece of us left. I just think that it's so deep and it's so important. And that's usually the kind of content that I try to lean into. So I really hope that you enjoyed this rant. I just literally went all over the place, but it's a new year. And like I said, we just freestyled and sometimes, you know, I'm going to do that. I really would like to hear from you. I'd like to hear from you this year. We're going to be just talking about more stuff and Um, I'm going to jump out of my comfort zone with this podcast. So stay tuned on what that means. And you know what? And for a full disclosure, I'm also trying to figure out all of the moving parts to it as well. But it's a journey. And so is this thing called life. And it's wonderful because uh, as long as, you know, we get to see another day, this represents a new opportunity to do something amazing. And that is what I hope for you. That is what I hope for myself. That's what I hope for the society in which we live in. I hope that we solve our individual and collective problems so that we can all live a more peaceful, content life. Because uh, I do think that that is the goal. So, Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to have you back on another episode of Hey Steph. Have a very happy new year. So excited about 2022. Thank you.